0: Rutgers Ranch joined as always. James Cratch, Keith Sargent, and I, I fell as I, I really just don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I mean that's that's the best way I can put it. Another you know forty two to seven loss. Another you know uh, incompetent uh, offensive effort. That's not going to change. It's not going to get better. The opponents are going to get better. It's it's I mean, I'm almost at the point that we're done talking about football. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about it. Cratch, your thoughts. Sargent, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of over it. like this. I want to make a formal announcement on the podcast. The film review is retired. Oh, my gosh, it's, we are we are we are putting the film review on hiatus until there's a next football coach. Um, because it's just what's the point of me reviewing? I mean, it's what's going to happen every week, pretty much. They're going to throw for like 48 yards or less. They're going to score seven points, maybe maybe ten if they get lucky, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, your thoughts. Anything? Yeah,
2: I've, covered, I've covered some bad teams, and and uh, you know this one, you know, just from a competitive standpoint, it might be the worst. And yeah, uh, look, I mean, you you have enough perspective, you gained it. I mean, Plitty, I know you you've covered a lot of really really bad teams, and and you're you're around the, the players, and you do feel bad for them. I mean, you feel bad for you know some of the players who who have been thrust upon a you know coaching change, and you know and and have to go through it. So you do have to uh, put it in perspective, you know, but. This is pretty much as bad as it you know, gets, you know, as far as I can remember in a long time.
0: Yeah, and it's not their fault, but they've been thrust into a situation now where they're a national embarrassment. And I feel terrible for them because they certainly came here with something else in mind. They came here to play for a different coach. Uh, the circumstances have just collapsed around them. But to be outscored 207 to 14 in Big Ten games, and that, and that by the end, guys, that could be 350 to 21. I'm like, you know, looking at what's left. I mean, now Illinois can beat Wisconsin. If Illinois can beat Wisconsin, well that's another potential 30 point loss. So um, yeah, it's just, it's just been uh it's just a, a slow march to these last five games. And I think everyone wants to talk about the coaching search. So let's talk about the coaching search. Um, Sarge, is there an update to have before we get started? I mean, is there something going on that, that maybe we're not seeing?
2: No, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I, you, I am hearing uh Again, I, I, I reported the other day that uh, Pat Hobbs is not is he's going to refrain from from commenting publicly, but you know that doesn't mean that we're, we're not going to talk to people who do talk to Pat, and um, it sounds like he might be um, at least a little bit more receptive than he than he was a week ago at this time to, to uh, Greg Ciano. uh I would think that we would know at this point whether or not they have reached out, and um, as far as all my reporting from behind the scenes goes, they have not. Um, so, yeah, you can make your own judgment, you know, two weeks into it or, or two and a half weeks into it, like why they haven't uh, talked. But I do think that there is some, um, you know, some indications that, that Pat Hobbs is at least, uh, and that's just based on him talking to uh, some players, Brian Hart, Brian Leonard. Some guys, uh, you know, last week talking to some high school coaches and we, we did some re- reporting on that in which you know, I think Pat, um, you know, did indicate that he, you know, he, he's at least receptive to uh, talking to Greg and and, and hiring Greg. So um, I don't think he, you know, I, I again, I, I still think that uh, Shiano um, is probably the lead candidate. Uh, we also reported Joe Moorhead is, is a guy who who uh, Pat Hobbs has, has uh, felt strong about since the beginning. So, uh, we're we're still a long way away. I'm fascinated though how the name Moorhead just
0: kind of like it's it's just like a, a fart in a room. I mean, no, like you put. I'm, sorry, Cratch, you put it on your poll today. I just saw your your yeah. poll pop up about that. I mean, he's like six or seven down the list of guys not named Greg who people want to hire. Uh, it's just it's just kind of that that name, you know, has not made the impact in the fan base that uh, that a lot of people
1: thought. crutch no, not at all. I mean, you know. I was talking to, like, one prominent person at Rutgers who basically, like, dis, like totally dismissed the name. Right. Um, look, I, I think the sign was in the Scott. Like, the, most people at Rutgers, and I know that, you know, there's people on Twitter. I know Twitter's not a, a great representation of reality. People want Greg back. I think that's very clear that you talk to people who matter. I, I have yet to encounter someone who matters who doesn't want Greg back. Wow. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting situation for Pat Hobbs.:
0: <clears throat> All right. This, I thought this would be fun. And this is an idea I got from uh, – I went on with John Newman's crew on Saturday night when they were hosting at WRSU. They let the old people back into the uh, college radio station for a night. Uh, if it's not Chiano, let's pretend that he pulls out tomorrow. He says, I don't want to do it. I want to stay in Columbus. I, I don't want this nonsense. This, you know. Who do you got? <laughs> this is a great question, like who would you who would your next guy be if you couldn't have if you Shiano off the list i'll I'll let you go first, sarge, because I have no idea what you're gonna say here.
2: Who would I go with and someone who i I mentioned uh, early on in the process and someone who i um covered. Not so long ago with a, with a story, I got to see him behind the scenes a little bit, but I'd go with Bob Sarace, the Princeton coach. And the reason being, uh, is twofold. One, I think, uh, he, he's a very innovative offensive mind. He does a lot of uh, analytics. Um, he's a Princeton grad and, and, you know, they do a lot of Princeton stuff with, with very, very, very little, uh, limited resources. I think if you're looking for a guy who is going to do more with less, especially early on, He'd be a good guy. Uh, the guy is a Jersey guy, knows a, a you know, a ton of, uh, Jersey coaches. Um, I, I, I would go, I would take a leap, uh, a leap of faith with, with, with him. Um, and I think he'd be interested.
0: And that's, that's a fascinating name. And, you do you know, I've come full 180 on him as well, just looking at what he's accomplished there and just watching some, you know, he did a TED Talk that was fascinating. Uh, just, he seems like he's really, really charismatic. He quarterback.
2: I mean, he yeah. got it. He landed a four-star quarterback at Princeton. You know, they're 5-0 this year. Um, they were unbeaten a, a year ago. He has that program rolling.
1: Yeah. Cratch, you got a name if you couldn't have Greg? Well, I mean, obviously I think you guys know Jeff Munkin and Army would be my name. But Uh, he's not coming, from what I understand. He's not coming. No, yeah, he's not coming. Uh, The name I would give you is Willie Fritz at Tulane. I think it's, yes, he's not a Jersey guy. He's never coached in this area before. The guy just wins. And I think at some point, as long as the coach is going to hire a strong staff with local ties, it's not the worst thing in the world to just hire a guy who you know is going to be an adult, who you know is going to be able to run an effective program, and you know he's going to find a way to win football games eventually.
0: Right, I right. <clears throat> my name, and this is you know. I think Saurasy was going to be my guy, but I'll go, I'll go in another direction just for sake argument. If if Greg's not going to come, I think you, then you, you really need to reach out to Butch Jones because I think he is the second name, at least based on what I can see. A lot of people in the fan base who have been around a while, I don't see what he has done in his few stops in colleges, and I again, he inherited a lot of good programs that were stocked. Uh, I, I just think you have to look at him because he, again, he's the, at least the proven candidate, someone who, you know, who's won at this level, who can recruit, who's competed, who's still in the game. Al Golden, like, it's another hot name. He's been out for a little while now. Uh, so I think Bush would get a strong look for me as number two. All right, now, this is the next exercise I thought would be even more interesting. <laughs> give me a name off the radar and off the radar candidate, a guy who's not being mentioned at all uh, and make a case for someone who's not out there. You got one for me, for Cratch? You got
1: one? I do. So everyone, you know, thought about how much Rutgers is going to pay. Can they go poach a coach? Indiana's Tom Allen makes under $2 million a year. The guy is clearly out recruiting Rutgers. His teams are well coached. He's landed. He has, he's a defensive guy. who was, very good defensive team you know coach but he has an offensive identity he, he's proven he you know he's a, he's a program leader he's a car- high character guy kids like playing for him you know indiana probably is going to give him an extension they're going to have a they're looking like they're going to have one of their better years in a long time if you if you're going to offer someone 4 million dollars a year go double his salary bring him here i'm sure that again, yeah, no jersey ties he'll recruit a staff and i bet you that he will be able to find a way to win here
0: I bet you you'll just get him a nice big raise. That might be the
1: one thing. That's that's true. Well, you got to try. Yeah, right. Uh, How about you? Sorry,
2: you got somebody off the radar? Yeah, I got one. Uh, Raheem Morris. How about Raheem Morris? Uh, Obviously a Jersey guy, Irvington guy, uh, head coaching experience with Tampa Bay. Um, You know, he's been in the NFL for a long time. But, again, he's a Jersey guy, does have some college experience early on. Um, If you're looking for a guy who's just going to, you know, maybe – you know, rejuvenate the, the, the fan base and and have that pedigree and maybe uh, be able to at least know the landscape and uh, be able to, to sell uh, recruits on uh, this is how you get to the NFL, he'd be my guy. Interesting. And he is at the Falcons now. I didn't realize that. Another
0: guy. Yep, Dan Quinn. Another guy a lot of fans. Went. All right, I'm going to throw on that. Yeah, and this is a name that literally is impossible. It'll never happen for one reason. You'll know right away. And it's a guy who probably doesn't check three of my five most important boxes. So I'm going to say that off front. But Jeff Halfley, wow. the Ohio State, here you go, Ohio State defensive coordinator, again, that is a disqualifying, based on what happened with the last Ohio State defensive coordinator, a disqualifying fact. But the fact that if you're going to look at it, if you're going to look at coordinators, and again, I, I want head coaching experience. I get it. I know what I've said a million times about that. But he is the one guy out there that no one's talking about that I know can recruit in New Jersey who's done it at two different programs at a high level, doing it at Ohio State, you know, if you're going to roll the dice and involve someone who is not currently in the conversation or leading a program, you know, he would be the one name where, like, okay, uh, that makes sense on some level. So the point where I wonder if Greg Shando does get the head coaching job, I know the Halfley makes it $900,000 at Ohio State. It seems impossible that, you know, there'd be any incentive package. That would be more than that at Rutgers. But it's something you wonder, like can can he build a staff that would include that guy? Uh, so all right, so there's there are some different names, and we got a bunch of names, fellas. when we started, when we went out and pulled, we pulled the high school coaches and asked them what they thought. And I thought it was sort of a fascinating exercise because you know you just get so many different opinions. Uh, you know, it, it, what stuck out to you, uh, Sarge, when you were talking to people, and what what do you think of the idea that Pat Hobbs is soliciting that the opinions from them? Is that is that a good thing?
2: I, I think it's a great thing it's, it kind of reminds me of what um Bob McKay did uh way back in the day. Um he he did the same thing and uh um yeah, you know, we saw that the end result was Graciano. Um it could very well be the end result this time too. Um right. uh, I, I the one quote that I, I found fascinating and I know Cratch will probably uh, point out the, the Bridgewater coach which I, you know um he can uh, but I thought Richie Hansen's quote in which he said um You know, that the, you know, the the, they send players, you know, who, who uh, end up uh, playing for four different coordinators. I mean, he didn't mention the kid's name, but clearly, I mean, I think he's probably referring to Jonathan Lewis, a guy, a guy who, you know, was brought in as this quarterback, you know, the future quarterback. And then within two years is, you know, is playing for a different, within a year is playing for a different offensive coordinator. He was recruited by Drew Maringer. And then all of a sudden they go with a pro style. And, uh, you know, he uh, obviously, you know, within a year and a half, he's, he's moved to tight end. Um, I do think that part of it is on the high school coaches, too. And I, I do uh, uh, say that I understand Rich, uh, Richie Hanson's sentiment. Uh, but I will say this. Uh, the, the knock, if you talk to Rutgers coaches, whether it was Shiano, Flood, even Ash, the knock is they keep on getting the second tier jersey guys that they are not getting enough cooperation with, with high school coaches. I'm just saying that this is a knock from, from coaches behind the scenes, that they're not getting the first-tier guys. And I get that high school coaches, uh, they can only do so much that, you know, a lot of coaches will tell you that all we can do is, uh, you know, talk them into you know, at least visiting uh, Rutgers and, and putting them on, uh, on their list and considering them, and then ultimately it's their decision. That being said, uh, there's been too many times where I've heard stories of coaches saying, just take this kid um, and then we'll reward you down the line by by sending you this kid you know, in two years, our, our, our superstar. And it just doesn't happen. So it's the reason why Graciano, you know, after two or three years early in his tenure, ended up relying on Florida. It wasn't until he got that program on solid footing that he felt comfortable going back to New Jersey and then by, by then getting – you know, two, three, four guys from you know top ten guys for, for, from the state. But Chris Ash, I know, struggled. I know early on he he you know he tried. Um, I, again, Kyle Flood, same thing. Kyle Flood, I I I think you know he he looked at it. They they weren't getting the top tier guys, and I think it's on the high school coaches as
1: well.
0: Well, the other the other flip side of the coin, the top tier guys who have gone there. A few exceptions. Anthony Davis, obviously, is one. But Savon Huggins, Darius Hamilton, these are guys who went there. And uh, you didn't have the careers that anyone expected they would. So I mean, that, that's you know, I, I get it. That's like,
2: well, Jared uh, Garantano is a guy from from Bergen Catholic who right. who uh, was you know played for Nunzio. Like you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. It wasn't green, greener for Drew Singleton he went to Michigan, or you know, wasn't greener for a lot of these guys who end up you know transferring after a couple of years. I get it. I you know, I, I say the same thing. You know, Darius Hamilton and you know, and and guys like that, they didn't have the careers that they wanted. So, um. I, I I do get both sides of it, but you know, but you also have to consider that you know some of the guys who have left the state, the grass hasn't been greener either.
0: Cratch, <clears throat> anything anything stick out to you? I mean, you were the one to talk to Bridgewater-Raritan coach, quote, yeah. the quote, 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 quote kind of. I think that's the one that went that took the story viral. <laughs> I mean, what 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 do you think?
1: Yeah, so I think what Sarge said is true. I, this is what I've gotten from talking to high school coaches for the story, and in the past, you know, obviously I covered high school football, you know, as a beat a lot re- more recently than you guys did. There was a perception that Chris Ash made – he just was focused on the parochial schools, you know, the schools that have the big recruits with the stars that we see on Rivals and 247. But the issue is that there's a lot more public schools than private schools in this state. And those are the schools that actually have the best perception of Rutgers, in my opinion. Those are the schools that want to send their kids to Rutgers. And I just think, you know, what Scott Brace said, I mean – and yes, like, obviously, A.J. Blazek was the guy who, hand, who was in Bridgewater a lot and helped recruit those four Bridgewater kids. I think they all started as walk-ons. Now you got Davidowitz as the place kicker. You know, Brandon Myers is your fullback who's played a lot the past, past few weeks. You know, Chiki Nwanko is a special teamer. You know, Zach Mizio's is off, backup offensive lineman. But the whole point was that, A, if you have four players from the same high school that's right down the road, one AJ was gone in February, so they so like it's, now it's February, now it's late October. Like there hasn't been any, any Rutgers contact there. And two, I've seen Scott Bray at practices, spring games. Like the idea that Chris Ash never even wanted him to shake his hand when he's given him four walk. I, mean, I think that's the issue. There are so many coaches in the state of New Jersey, public school coaches, that just wants Rutgers to come in and say hi and let them push their kid. And and these coaches are not like under any delusions. They want to send a kid as a walk-on, because I think that one of the issues I've heard is that where, when you look at the Rutgers roster, like where's the walk-on from Westfield, from Summit, from Montclair? Like where are these kids who are yep. Yep. Pro- program kids, high-character kids? who are going to go. or are going to work hard in the scout team. Maybe it works out, and they find their way on the field as a role player. I think that's the issue. You know, Sarge is right. Those schools have not sent, you know, the 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 parochial schools have not sent their best and their brightest recruits to Rutgers. Much in the recent years. But you've got all these other schools that are chomping at the bit to send their kid to Rutgers. One last thing I'll say a coach pointed out to me go back to that 2014 team, that 2014 team that beat Michigan. Look at that roster. You had kids from Sayreville, Madison, Jonathan Dayton, uh, Franklin. You had all these public school kids contributing to that team. And if you look at the roster now. You don't really see that.
0: great point all right let's dive right into true or false you guys know how it works get into it true or false Rutgers should do what Nunzio hinted at a few weeks ago and employ Isaiah Pacheco in a wildcat scheme Cratch true or false false False. False. true false Sarge, you think true well we'll come back to that one interesting uh true or false screw the red shirt Rutgers should just play Cole Snyder now true or false Cratch false Sarge false all right. True or false, Rutgers should offer P.J. Fleck $5 million a year to come here. Scratch, oh. true or false? Uh, true. All right. Sarge, not my money? Sarge?
2: <laughs> <laughs> true, not my money. <laughs>
0: he's he's going to get a big raise in Minnesota, so might as well. Uh, true or false, Fleck running up the score with that fourth-quarter touchdown pass
2: was bad. Scratch, true or false? <laughs> False. Sarge. I asked the question to Nunzio and it was like a fart in church, man. It was, (laughs) yeah. But, I mean, he answered it well. Um, Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't think he should have done it, you know, (laughs) nine minutes ago. So I'll say true. So true.
0: Illinois' win over Wisconsin saved Lovey Smith's job. Cracks. True or false? False. Sarge. False. Long sleeved uniforms should make a comeback. Cracks. True or false? True. All right. Sarge? Dar- true. Ohio State is unbeatable in the Big Ten at least. Cratch. False. Sarge? True. Uh, I think it's pretty telling pretty true to me. Uh Rutgers is Rutgers trying to sell Ohio State tickets by advertising Jordan Fuller is embarrassing. Cratch, true or false? Very,
1: very, 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 very false. <laughs> okay. oh, true, 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 yeah, true. true. I, 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 I spit, I spit up true. all of myself now. True. <laughs>
2: all right. Yeah, I, capital T and true.
0: Yeah, I didn't see that, and you guys pointed out to me that is amazing. All right, final true or false. There will be ten thousand fans in the house for the Liberty game. Scratch.
2: True, but not, not any more, more than that. Not any more than that, Sarge. Yeah, it could be right on that number. I mean, especially with rain coming yeah. in. There were there, oh there, God, there were. I did poke around and. Yeah, you know, I did hint on uh, at the story. the The announced attendance was twenty six thousand, the lowest since yeah. two thousand five. I did ask someone who would know, and they had less than sixteen thousand in the in in the house, which is, wow. you know, yeah. alarming. And Liberty yeah. is not a big tent. It's not homecoming, and right. bad weather. So, you know, we'll probably be right on that number. I'm and sure Minnesota. the scanners were just
1: broken. The
2: scanners yeah. were just broken.
1: <laughs> Scanner malfunction, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, this. Yeah. uh and Minnesota traveled pretty well for that. Oh, game. a lot of Minnesota fans, yeah. We so know, the we go- know. the gopher has helped out the cause for the Starlight Knights, which is even
0: scarier. <laughs> All right, so going back to this list, why shouldn't Cole Snyder just play now? I mean I, I, I you know, I'd like Johnny Langdon because it doesn't matter. I mean case he's just just not ready. Uh, just we we see that we have a quarterback who is a nice athlete but is not a Big Ten passer. So w- w- why not just burn the kid's red shirt?
1: Here's the thing. I just think that it wasn't very really well planned by Rutgers because you have five games left now, and Cole can only play in three of them because he went in for that one play against Maryland when Langan cut his hand. So let's look at the schedule here. Liberty, I tend to think – Nunzio's going to stick with Langan against Liberty because this is, in theory, a realistically winnable game. I don't think they're going to win the game, but, you know, they're going to win it. And then you figure if a a, that buys you Illinois, you're on the road. But then here's the issue. So once you get to three games left, okay, Cole can start the last three and still redshirt. If they start this kid, his first career starting against Ohio State, the entire staff should be fired. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, and, and, no I'm serious. The, the entire staff no. should be fired, and, and close the, program. Loretta, the coaching staff should finish the season. You <laughs> cannot let Cole Snyder get his first start against Ohio State. So <laughs> now it's like, okay, so you're going to let him start again. I mean, I'm not saying that starting against Michigan State is all that much more preferable, but you can't throw him out there against Ohio State. No. So it's a math issue now, and, and – I asked this question a couple weeks ago, and people looked at me like I had five heads. Austin Alberici is, I think, is going to have to play in a Big oh Ten game. So, because what else are you going to do? Like Art can play one more game, and like, there's, I just don't see Art, you know, changing his. We, no indication that Art's going to change his mind on the redshirt. Even then, like, well, hey Art, like, could you play the Ohio State game for us? Like, he's, you can't, he's, can't do that to that State kid. He doesn't, he doesn't want to play. You he protect he's him. Not he's not that So I guy. think they, I think they have to. They got to stick with Langan for Liberty game, probably for the Illinois game, and honestly, Ohio State too. If if I were Rutgers against Ohio State, I would run the four corner offense. Like I would try to take the play clock down to <laughs> one second. Now, no, I'm serious. Like oh God, they've done that for years. That hasn't worked. It's to give fifty-eight They give fifty-eight position. I mean, punt on first down. Sometimes <laughs> it's just like.
0: Yeah. So I don't know to the other point, saying. Pacheco. Sorry, you said Pacheco in the Wildcat scheme doesn't is is not a is is a good idea. You
2: think? Yeah. Just uh, because? Uh, I mean, why not? Again, I I think the Wildcat probably you know five years ago, six years ago, when it was all the rage, m- might have been more effective. But I'm just saying, I think he is still probably the the, the best uh, offensive player on, the, on on the team. Um, you take advantage of, of some some um, uh, you know matchups uh, with the Wildcat. Um, and he was a quarterback in high school. I think, uh, you know, he was a pretty good quarterback in high school as well. So I'm not saying – yeah, I, I just think that they should throw the package in and, and let him do it, you know, a few times and see if it works. All
0: right. The, the two, two questions on the fleck, and this is also a podcast question, which we'll get to in a minute. Um I mean, you know, he, it just struck me. He's the guy, he's the kind of guy Rutgers needs, If you know, just someone who's energetic, a CEO, a, pro, a program builder, you know, you know, he just, he just he gets it. I don't know. I know a lot of people think he's hes kind of full of it. He's got, this shit gets old, but I don't know. The players seem to love it. Sarge, do you remember, was he a candidate at all in 2015? Or did he just send the bad signal he didn't want this job? Do, yeah, you know he was uh, I mean,
2: not a guy who who uh, the boosters um, who were you know making the, the you know the, who were looking at it at least from October to to the time that Pat Hobbs uh, was involved, who, who they were enamored by at all. Even though he, he was having some success, um, yeah. they weren't really interested. He had not been you know unbeaten to that point. You know at Western Michigan, I think that was a year that basically skyrocketed him and made him a uh, you know a power five. Uh, level coach. Um I that was the exactly I think that he was uh considered a little green at that point. And um uh yeah. you know I, I he was not he was not a guy who was in the mix
1: um you know, at all.
0: Fascinating. All right. Any these, any other ones that you feel strongly about? You want to comment on Cratch?
1: Uh no I was about two things that PJ Sarge Sargent's right, they went eight and five in twenty fifteen, won a bowl game okay. then they had the undefeated season in 2016. Right. I spoke to someone close to P.J., and I said, do you think P.J. would consider coming here if Rutgers slid that, you know, $5 million-a-year offer? And I was told no. Um, he seems to really love Minnesota. He's got a good thing going there. Um, and honestly, I mean, it's it's a preferable job. I don't think the Minnesota job is, is a better job than the Rutgers job at this point now that he's got it going. So, look, I think you should make the call because I think P.J. Fleck maybe would – the the only other coach I can think of that would inspire the fan base, I think, if people thought P.J. Fleck was a realistic option, I think that would generate Shiano-level excitement right, or close right. to it. But Thank obviously, you. I don't think he's coming here.
0: All right. Uh, Shiano rumor of the week. Since you brought up Shiano, do we have any rumors this week? Cratch? It's been kinda of slow. Yeah, I don't I think, think we've had a rumor. No, I haven't seen anything. It's kinda of funny. And what needs someone we need some needs to...
1: shadow sign of the week. Sign
0: us, yes, we do. And I think that's gonna get a little bit more intense. The sign that, that was a good job by you talking to those talking to those guys. Had a sign, we had a bed sheet in the stadium that uh was kind of sad. Best <laughs> I could describe it a couple of, of people with Yeah, I know. Yeah, the people who do come. Uh, I thought it would be funny. We talked about the video. We could have Greg, Greg Channel impersonator go walk around the game only since no one looks like him. We could just make it Greg and then say that he, he is the impersonator. That would be fun. But yeah, it's been kind of quiet. And this is, and this is the first podcast question I want to get to. And, the, and thank you guys for, for diving in and giving us, uh, questions on the Rutgers insider program, nj.com backslash text. Uh, it keeps on growing and growing and we're really enjoying doing it. So please sign up when you can. Um, so this is the, the question that we get a lot. And I honestly don't know how to answer it, but, you know, a lot of people have mentioned Shiano for the job, but I have seen nothing to indicate that he is even interested. Is he? And sorry, I guess the best way I can answer this question is there are a lot of things that we we know but can't report. And we, you know, we're, we know he's interested. <laughs> like he, he hasn't given an interview. He doesn't want to give interviews. Correct. He hasn't given an interview since, the, you know, he left the Patriots. Uh, he didn't give a lot, you know, even before that. You know, the, the reason why guys like Joe Moorhead are answering this question yep. is because they're coaching teams and they have good reporters around them. So when Paul Feinbaum gets him on the show, well, of course she's going to ask him about Rutgers because Feinbaum's good at his job. Uh, Greg's not out there. He's not in front of us. He's not doing that. Uh, that doesn't mean that he hasn't expressed Correct. interest in the job. I mean, you're you 100% with that your agree with right? It. right? Yeah, I mean, and the, I don't, don't really want to
2: talk say. too much about it, yeah. Uh, yeah, only because it just. <laughs> Uh, there's a pace to it. There's a rhythm to it, and uh, but yes, he is interested in the job.
0: Right, he just can't come out, and he can't come out and declare it, because then if he doesn't get the job, it looks like you know you. I don't want the workers job. Yeah, they didn't hire him. It's, it's just, yeah, there's a pace. There's a way these guys do it. He's a close to the best guy. He's always been a close to the yep. best guy when he was here. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't have a lot of people in the circle that he gossips to. It's just, you know, this is just him. <laughs> and I love the quote that PJ Fleck said when, when he yeah. was at the podium about it. He's like, Greg told me, Greg told me once, don't, don't, don't speak for me. I don't need you to. <laughs> and that's kind of, that's kind of what his philosophy has been like. Um, All right, the second question, podcast question, uh, is set the odds for each one of the potential coaches. Can we even do this, Cratch? I mean, right now, where you are sitting? Give me your, if you're the Vegas guy and you've got, you know, Liberty minus, you know, what is it, up to now, like 14 and a half, what what, what would your odds be on
1: on the coaches? How would you handicap it? I would say I would put 51% Greg, 49% the field. The
0: field? All right. Sarge, can you, you agree with that? If you can, can you break down the field uh, yeah. into three guys?
2: Um, 75% Shiano. Uh I think it's that high. You think it's that you know. high? Um, really? Okay. Um, oh. All right. And then I don't want to go, uh, you know, easy like uh, Crash did. I mean, I talk about, you know, taking taking the easy way out on that one, the field. I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, was trying, I was just trying to was just trying.
2: I'll give you, I'll, I, I still think that Moorhead is, is number two. Um, And I'll give you uh, 15% on him. That's 90%. And then I'll go um, 5% uh, Lance Leopold, Leipold, and then the the rest of the field, whatever that is.
0: And if it goes higher than 5%, we will learn how to pronounce his name. (laughs) All right. The next one. And there's another question. All right. I mean, we're going to have to eventually learn that. Yeah. Uh, the, The next one, another Shiano topic, and it's a good one. Uh, it seems like almost everyone outside of Pat Hobbs would love to see Shiano return. Uh, do you think Hobbs' ego would stop it from happening? Also, if Hobbs passes on Shiano, how likely is it that Hobbs himself finds himself on the hot seat if the football walls continue? I mean, sorry, this is his, he created this mess. He hired Chris Ash, fired him, fired the offensive coordinator, and led to, the, the. you know, this is all the dominoes have been on him. And, you know, it's not, <laughs> this continues and it's going to continue. <laughs> It reflects terribly on the university and it reflects terribly on him. There's For just someone who around
2: has uh, built up as much equity as, as Pat Hobbs. It is pretty noteworthy just how much people are have lost patience with him, um, you know, with regard to this. And only because again, talking to people behind the scenes, uh, he has not in any way given um, you know the signal that, that that he's willing to to talk to Graciano. If he was, he would have talked to him already. Um, again, right? Is he on the hot seat? <laughs> I don't think he's on the hot seat. I just know the way Rutgers, you know, operates. So when, when when it comes to this, uh, there's a reason why Julie Herman lasted for three years, and she was not nearly as accomplished as 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 Pat Hobbs. You know, she lasted for three years. You know, in the final uh, year, they knew that the NCAA was investigating uh, issues, and they didn't fire her on the spot. So. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I, I think, um, he's going to continue doing this coaching search and, you know, unless, you know, he, he, um, really shows the stubbornness and is unwilling to at least meet and, and talk and, and, uh, strongly consider Graciano. Uh, I think, it, you know, there will be some serious questions, you know, at that point, if he doesn't, but, um, I can't say at this point that he's on the hot seat.
0: All right, that that's, uh, sums that one up. The next one is it's a uh, – this is a popular topic, not because of hindsight, is 2020, but I'd ask if, if uh, John McNulty were still here, would we have been in a fourth-quarter game with either – any of the past three teams we faced? Uh, I'd say 100% yes because they have looked – it all look like the Boston College game. Crash! I think it's a bit much to think uh, – Hundred percent, but do you think that's true? That if if McNulty were still here and running this offense with Sikowski and Blackshear, would one of those games been a game?
1: Yes, I think Maryland would have been a game. That was forty-eight-seven. Uh, so, but it was seven-seven at one point in the second quarter. Right. True, true. Good point. Uh, now, I mean, it, it would have been. Uh, so we're saying fourth quarter. Yes. Okay, fourth quarter. Now you're right. I say the fact Maryland would not have been a game because uh, you know. John McNulty doesn't coach defense, and Andy Booth's defense couldn't stop anybody. Right. Uh, Indiana's probably not a game, because I think, again, they're going to score points on Rutgers, and they're not going to pack it in with, like, four minutes to go in the first quarter. I think the Minnesota game would have been competitive. Yeah, I think it's probably, it might be 14-14 or 14-7 yeah. at halftime. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a chance. Um, at the very least, Rutgers would look like a college football team on offense if John McNulty were still here. You know, I think that's gonna be kinda of one of the great great questions is that Art was making progress. What and they played Boston College, you know, I mean, you know, a power five. That's that's what the amazing part is that it was just a month ago that they threw for three hundred yards against a power five defense. Yeah. Now right. they now they have more negative plays than you know, it's just we get it. But right. yes, yeah. I think I think they would have been more competitive. At least one of these three games, if McNulty was still around, because he'd have the horses.
2: Right, right,
0: all right. This is this is one that's come up a few times. Uh, Is Lane Kiffin a candidate for the head coaching job, Sarge? (laughs) It seems like that's a one-word answer. But if you want to (laughs) elaborate, anything
2: about Lane Kiffin?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, it yeah, it 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 just doesn't. He's another guy who, you know, it it just it seems like a poor fit on every level, and he wouldn't come here anyway. So. All right. Um, what are the odds? Whoever is hired to be the next head coach retains Nunzio to be offensive coordinator, um, getting slimmer by the week. Scratch. What do you think? Is that a possibility? He's certainly a guy who can recruit, or you know, has that reputation.
1: Uh, I think it's it's certainly a possibility, but I agree with you. I think it's getting slimmer by the week, just because you know this this little audition as offensive coordinator has not really worked. Uh, you know, I, I remember going into this, I thought, you know, this is going to be tough for Nunzio. You're, you're asking him to be the head coach in a really bad situation, great games. And a lot of things can kind of go wrong in those eight games. And I also think, too, like, you know, we, we talk about recruiting, but still, yes, he, he's he been, you know, key in getting a guy like, you know, Felter, I believe, and a couple other guys. But this <laughs> they haven't recruited well at all, period, the past few years. And this class that they ha they're holding on to right now is doesn't look terribly strong to begin with. So yeah, I don't think this is like some sure and the last thing I just go back to is no matter who you hire as the head coach, that guy needs to pick his own staff. And I just and I think it's one thing to strongly suggest he keeps Nunzio or keeps his coach or that coach, but you can't tell until it's in the room. And I think it, you know, If you are trying to cross the goal line on a guy who you think can revitalize your program, you're not going to let who the tight ends coach is be the sticking point because you Nunzio is not going to be the offensive coordinator of this team next year. We haven't seen anything from him that makes it suggest that that's even something that should be remotely considered. Right.
0: <clears throat> all right. This is one that just popped in here that I want to I want to include. Is this the worst football you've ever seen? Yes, I think I can answer that. Uh, the second part, though, is interesting. Could the right coach come in and make Rutgers more competitive next year, the way Miles had the K- Kansas take uh, Texas to the wire in Austin, or you can say the way Mac Brown took Clemson to the wire in North Carolina? Uh, you know. All right. So, is there a hope, Sarge, in your mind that a good coach can come in here, recruit well, quickly? bring in some transfers and you know, coach the team better, bring in a new system where, you know, we're looking at yes. competitive game. And um,
2: I, I we'll just stick with the uh, Shiano uh, train, because it seems like it's barreling toward, toward Piscataway. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just look at the past week. I mean, look at the guys who entered the transfer portal, Antonio Alfano, Jersey guy, Cam Chambers, Jersey guy from Michigan state wide receiver. Uh, you know, people have, have been speculating, um, you know, for, 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 for weeks or months now that Jared Garantano could be a grad transfer, you know, uh, you know, those guys would help right away. That's what college football is in 2019 guys, you know, you know, grad transfers and yeah. you're able to, mm-hmm. to um, probably more so than ever uh, rejuvenate your, your, your roster pretty quickly. And I think Greg Ciano, I think that's going to be the route that he would take if, if he does become the coach you know, he's going to try to get some grad transfers to kind of, you know, uh, you know, get a get a uh, head start on it.
1: Right, right. The, the one thing I'll say is Kansas last year, they, as you've always said, Steve, they just normal sucked <laughs> <Same> <laughs> with <true>. North Carolina. <laughs> yes. they the did. The next co- head coach at Rutgers is, is inheriting like a historically suck team, so I think it's a little bit, you know, like Les might be able to take. Les was. Les is going to be kind of bored like almost to a bowl game this year at in Kansas, but he inherited a three and nine team with some, some players, yep yep uh, you know the next coach here is not really inheriting as good of a team as less than at Kansas, which is a scary, scary thought, yes indeed, all right the last one how how are the kids on the team doing? how
0: are they staying motivated and this this is this is really. Uh, a a good question. And and it's a tough one. Like I really have a hard time going to these post game interviews, like in Indiana, you know, the guy like Zach Vinesky, who has been nothing but polite and approachable and helpful to us, you know, to go there after they, you know, just get, just get beaten down by, by and at the end of this interview, you know, this kid thanks us and shakes our hands, you know, I mean, just want to give mahogany, and, you know, this is the unprofessional thing to do obviously as a, as a journalist, but I feel bad for them. Cratch you around them more than, than I am probably more than Sarge is. I mean, what, you know, what do you get the sense here? Is this is how tough has this been on these guys?
1: I think it's been very tough. I think they've, they've handled it very well. I mean, I think Pat Hobbs, when he, uh, when he fired Chris Ash and John McNulty and addressed the team, he, he told them that they, they've been good ambassadors for Rutgers. They, they've handled this with class. I mean, I think in football, you know, people talk about, you know, players quitting or tapping out or zoning out. I think that's a little bit of a myth in football just because if you don't, like, play hard in football, you're going to get physically injured. Right. You know, if you lackadaisically attack a fly ball in a baseball game or don't hustle the first base, like, you're not going to potentially, like, have an injury that requires surgery and eight months of rehab. So you have to play football hard or else you're going to get hurt. And I think that's something, too. But, no, I, they keep playing hard, you know. I mean, I think, too, you know, they're you know they're scholarship athletes a lot, 85 of them. And, you know, that, that comes with a responsibility, I think. You know, this becomes sort of your – if this is your passion or, or you're hoping is your future in the NFL, I mean, that's why I always, you know, you talk to about you know, your resume is being put on film. You know, right. some of these kids might be looking to go play elsewhere. Some of these kids might be looking to play in the NFL. Some of them are going to want to make a good impression on the new football. When a new coach gets hired, he's going to go in his room for a week and he's going to turn the tape on and he's going to watch everything. Yep. So you want to make a good impression too. So I think it's all, my guess is that, you know, you've got 100 and, eight guys, whatever, there's 108 different, you know, motivations. And some of them are similar. Some of them are different, but I think that's what keeps them going. It's just kind of, the one A if you if you don't, if you don't work hard and play hard, you're going to get hurt and B, you know, you trying to do this for your teammates and for your university and for yourself.
0: All right. I've been very excited about this. This is the first time in several weeks we have a prediction where we actually have to think, uh, And I, I have to admit, I have to admit, and this is amazing. And, and I think, I don't forget which one of you guys brought it to my attention last night, but I'm looking at, I'm looking at Vegasinsider.com. Liberty went up at two o'clock at minus four. By 553 PM yesterday, it was minus seven. How much money, Sarge, has to be wagered on Liberty to make that? A lot more money than, I mean, a lot more money than you and I
2: make per year. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah it, 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 yeah, it had to. It had
2: to have been a lot of money flooding in, and which is kind of understandable when when you look at how how bad Rutgers has been. I'll give my prediction first, Steve, if that's okay. I'm going to say Rutgers is going to okay. win this game. Do um, you know, they're they're a Big Ten team. Wow. Right. I just I I can't. Yeah, you know, I don't think they're going to be a juggernaut offensively, but I think you know they're 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 going to be in in field position, um, in in in, in you know scoring position enough. Uh, Davidovich will will have impact. Um, I'm going to say, um, you know, twenty to fourteen. All right, Cratch, you've been saying
0: Liberty all along.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not changing my prediction. Um, I think the one the one thing that kind of from a Rutgers perspective, I think they would look at is they gave up twenty seven points in the second half to a two and five main team that's. You know, was an FCS playoff team last year, but, you know, has struggled this year. So I think their defense is a little bit suspect. But, I, again, this is what I come back to. Liberty is going to score 30 points, at least, on Saturday. I don't think Rutgers can score 30 points. And the second thing is, too, is that this is a big moment for Liberty football. They can clinch ball eligibility. They can beat a Big Ten team. It doesn't matter what the team's name is, who they are, what their season is. They, Liberty can go – as Liberty tries to build up this football program that controversially and build a national profile, they can point to this and say this is the day that we beat a Big Ten football team in their own stadium. I think it's a motivator. I think Liberty's going to travel well. I think you've got the whole Liberty you know, administration traveling party there. And I just think that they're going to find a way to score more points than Rutgers. I think Rutgers has offensive limitations. I don't think they really – we've seen what Rutgers' offense is. There's not really anywhere they can go. Yeah, you could throw Pacheco out in the Wildcat, but after a series or two, Liberty is going to do what other defenses have done to Rutgers' wrinkles. They're going to shut it down. So I will go with Liberty winning 37 to uh, 19. Okay, wow. All right. So
0: people in Vegas take heed on that prediction. Uh, You know, Sarge, I almost, I got to be honest, I almost sided with you. I was thinking the same thing. Hey, Big Ten team, we've seen... You know, I mean, Liberty, We, I, I don't know. It, 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 you, we just see what happens when you've got better players. Even in, you know, even in the fourth quarter when Minnesota put its backups in, Rutgers did move the ball and scored a touchdown. The problem I have is I, I, I'm I, convinced that this offense, Rutgers offense, is going to score for Liberty. And, you know, it's the same way with the Giants are now. I just want, all right, if Daniel Jones is going to turn the ball over four times a game, they ain't going to win. And I just don't. I mean, I just you see a pick six last week. You put the ball. I mean, it just throws in the coverage, overthrows play people. I just don't see a scenario where even if this offense scores, where it's not going to score for Liberty. So I'm going to be a little closer. I'm going to go 24-14 Liberty. All right, guys.
1: What else you got? Anything? That's it. I'm good.
2: Yeah, that's I, it.
1: Let's- I just. Oh, I should probably use this to. Um, I will not be at the Liberty Rutgers game. <laughs> I'm going to miss you. So sad. <laughs> uh where are you making a one time only return is, to the giants piece because yeah, yeah.
2: let's just crash uh, you know is going to try to preserve his 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 second year on the beat he's going a red shirt and uh he's going to sit this one out so that's <laughs> yeah that, that's the, the the motive for crash he might he might actually miss all of november yeah. too
0: are you going to watch it is this game on tele on the
1: television what how- oh, here's the thing so it's on BTN, it is on BTN. it's BTN. a new kick-off flight to Detroit, you know, you know, thanks Ryan, you know, congratulations on your new job. Thanks for sticking <laughs> me with the Detroit trip, which the team was at Scottsdale or something. Uh, yeah, no, like my flight leaves at twelve thirty, so like I'm hoping that the Delta internet Wi-Fi works and I can maybe stream it on my cell phone or something. Wow. Um, I'll have to follow on Twitter. You guys keep those tweets coming and Rutgers.com/slash/text. I'll set that out. But uh, no, yeah, I'm sure I'll catch the second half. We'll see what happens, but. Kind of disappointed after I picked Liberty to win for like 10 months. I'm not going to be in the building for the for reckoning, you but hey. You should be I, a guest of
0: honor in the visiting pre, uh, visiting athletic director's box based on your shameful sh- shilling of this shameful university. Oh, my God. I, I went 45 minutes, guys, without ripping Liberty. Uh, you give me credit for that, right? <laughs> I Karen do. Fallwell University. Uh, okay. All right. Anyway that's all we got. Let's sign off there. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Monday to recap Liberty and bang the drum about the coaching surge. Thanks, everybody.